You're listening to Audio, where music meets the weird, the strange, and the unusual. are listening to a composition called Open Water, written by Tony Blackett, today's guest. We'll meet Tony in a little while, but first, let's talk about chemtrails. We'll start off by talking about contrails. Contrails are the clouds that are formed when water vapor condenses and freezes around small particles that exist in aircraft exhaust. However, there have long been conspiracy theories around them. Theorists call contrails chemtrails because they claim that there are premeditations behind them with chemicals being added to contrails, allegedly added by the government or others in control. The theories that claim chemtrails are sprayed into the air over the populations to ensure population control of some sort have been debunked repeatedly. However, there are other theories that suggest manipulation of the atmosphere through chemtrails. We'll discuss this with our guest, Tony Blackett. Based in Rhode Island, Tony Blackett graduated with a music degree from Brown University and is heavily influenced by reggae. Through his T-Black productions, he is a highly sought-after collaborator. He's a member of reggae band The Mystic Jammers, as well as the founder, lead vocalist, and keyboardist for award-winning reggae band Dub Squad. 
He is the co-writer of Transmigration, which is the theme song for this podcast, and he is also an educator. He joins us today to talk about chemtrails and other sky phenomena. Hey, Tony, thanks so much for coming. Thanks, Ife. I'm, I'm glad to be here. So let's talk about chemtrails. Does it have anything to do with climate control, number one? And number two, why do you think people are still interested in this topic? Well, I think that uh, climate control and climate change and global warming, you know, are, are huge media issues right now. And it's a very, you know, obviously it's a very important uh, topic uh, for people. So I think that's why it's... Uh, it's coming up so often, and again, even on something like that, there's two sides to the um, to the issue. Uh, I mean, you have the whole idea of climate change deniers, and this is something you know, which is um, it's it's basically not allowed to. It's considered um, bad content on the internet. You know, if you have someone who's um, denying climate change, that's against this, the uh, status quo. Um, idea okay and obviously the climate is changing okay but i think the problem arises when we don't look at all the aspects of why of why the climate is changing okay when we, when we talk about climate change we blame the whole thing on yeah the, the things that are man-made and things that we actually have control of and we ignore the other aspects of the fact that man has been trying to control the weather for centuries i mean you know for, for a very long time i mean i think it's interesting if you look at um as far back as 1910, people were uh, trying to figure out how to control the weather, how to make it rain to, to, to fix crops. And um, as far back as the 1950s, uh, people were using uh, the weather in warfare, were using uh, weather as a weapon. So, for example, um, during Vietnam, uh, the, the U.S. Air Force was uh, seeding the, the clouds in order to, um, to make it rain on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole story but basically uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was called Operation Popeye I think was the name of the operation and which by the way is uh, quite strange if you think about it but the name, the go name ahead. Po Operation Popeye yeah yeah but I mean um, the idea that man is controlling and it, we also need to remember that weather and climate are two different things I mean the weather is the um, is the local uh, immediate impact so if it's raining then it's rainy weather if it's cold then it's cold weather okay but climate is kind of over a longer period of time and right it's like the context if you had like a huge container uh that would be the the climate and then inside that container there's some different aspects and the weather would be one of those exactly 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 so so controlling the weather and the climate are two different things so the weather like i said you know it has been used in the past in warfare um they wanted to make the ho chi minh trail uh wet and basically impossible for the for the uh the rebels to to uh to keep their stronghold you know so and to make them vulnerable to American air power. So, so they did that. Um, and as far as the, uh, the climate, the climate's been, um, it's been, it's been changing. We have all these crazy, um, weather events we call extreme weather. Um, and which presumably are the result of extreme climate. When it comes to chemtrails, the idea is really that, that there are forces and often they are within the military, um, that, um, are trying to control the weather and the climate for financial reasons and as far as for many other different reasons. And I'm not going to be the one to speculate on, I'm not going to say that I know the answer. I'm not going to say I know exactly why they're doing it um, because I don't. My whole interest in this topic came from what I observed with my own eyes.
Okay, so um, I first became interested in this probably 2015, 2016. And, um, you know, I've always been a photographer, but the sky never interested me particularly until one day I was driving, I think I was driving Uber and I, uh, my pass, my pa I was looking at, and I saw um, a little rainbow in the corner of uh, a cloud. It was like a multicolored uh, iridescent corner of a cloud. And I'm like, wow, I was like, do you see that? And she's like, yeah, you know, she said, uh, they say that they're hiding something. And at that point, I didn't know what she was talking about. But let me clarify, just in case a listener did not quite catch what you just said. So it wasn't the fact that there was a rainbow in the sky, because we've all seen rainbows before. You're saying that there was something strange about this particular rainbow. It it, it was smaller. It didn't quite reach to the ground. Yes. It was just kind of stuck in the corner of a cloud, exactly. like a prism or something. Yeah, it was an iridescent section of the sky. And it wasn't, it wasn't raining. It wasn't raining any place. It was a sunny day, number one. Number two, it wasn't a rainbow, but it was, a rain, it was like a spot of rainbow color. Right. So it's kind of like uh, light refracting off of off something. Of something, exactly, which is really the perfect uh, segue into talking about what was it refracting off. Yeah. So, I mean, it may have been moving very slowly, but what I'm finding is that, you know, as I've been watching the sky since then, um, kind of on a periodic basis, there are uh, what I call a, a sun halo, which is basically a halo around the sun. I don't know if you, you've ever noticed that. How would one see a sun halo without hurting their eyes just look up at the sun i mean you don't have to look directly at the sun to see it you know i believe it's pretty clear that um the air force or other government agencies are spraying something in the sky so there's been some debunking over time that's happened uh with you know the idea of trying to use chemtrails to control the people on the ground. Uh, one, because physics, if a if a plane is twenty or thirty thousand feet up in the air, whatever is being dispersed is going to be dispersed in a way that it would never make it to the ground in a concentrated way, the way a person would plan. And two, we've done tests, you know, that are not very complex that have kind of come up you know, there's there's nothing happening on the ground. However, what you're pointing out is the idea of climate control. Somehow it's not, you know, waiting for that to, to affect people on the ground. It's affecting what's happening in the sky. And that's a very interesting theory because, I, you know, they, like you said, they have done that before. So are they still doing that? And, and to what extent is that happening? Right. In, in 2017, um, the Keith Group, uh, this is a geoengineer by the name of David Keith, uh, came out with this big publicity thing. I mean, it wasn't well publicized, but if you go to uh, Harvard University geoengineering uh, website, you'll see a very nicely put together uh, promo video about about how they're going to start they're, how they're going to start testing uh, by uh, stratospheric aerosol injections, which basically means injecting things into the sky. Um, obviously, it would be by airplanes or some other sort of uh, flying method. Um, injecting particles into the sky in order to reflect this, the sun's um, light in order to reduce the um, the temperature of the of the atmosphere, the climate. Uh, and this idea comes from, I think they discovered that it might be a worthwhile thing to do uh, from when a volcano erupted and it spewed so much ash into the um, atmosphere all around the planet that it lowered the uh, the temperature of the of the globe for for two years or something like that. It just it's lowered it a small amount, but then they said, hey, well maybe we can do this to, ha to help combat global warming. 
Um, so the chemicals that they are um, using and that are mostly cited in the, uh, the tests that have been done are aluminum, barium, and strontium. Okay, these three uh, chemicals, they're oxides of the chemicals that are being found um, in, uh, in water and ground samples. Um, so there may, and the, it's funny with experimentation and testing. I mean, some tests can show one thing, like the test that you may have seen on Google might show one thing, but other tests will show other things. And so um, I actually came across um, an interview with a U.S. Air Force uh, whistleblower, and she, uh, I think her name was uh, Kristen Megan or something like that. And she used to be um, in charge of uh, environmental protection within the military. So she was pretty much in charge of keeping track of all the chemicals that the military used in order to um, to make sure that they weren't harming people or the, or the environment. Um, and she came up with uh, information that, you know, there was a large amounts of these chemicals coming into the uh, into the military and they were not accounted for. There was no reason that why they would need uh, this much of this chemical. And the chemicals that she was finding were those three I just mentioned, aluminum, barium and strontium. So, um, so yeah, and she was, you know, was kind of pretty high ranking. She's a scientist and, you know, environmentally interested. And, and uh, she, um, when she first started to hear about chemtrails, she was very skeptical, and she um, actually started to start off trying to debunk the idea of, that the military was spraying stuff into the sky. Um, as if to her being a member of the military, to think that her country and her, you know, her business was doing this damage. Um, she found that there were uh, unnaturally high levels of aluminum, barium, and strontium oxides in the water and. In, um, on the ground where she was testing. And I think the area, I believe it was in Oklahoma. Mm. And uh, so, so you know, needless to say, she started to uh, speak out about this and she um, ended up being threatened. Um, you know, they, they first, I think first they moved her um, to, a, they moved her to a different position in the, in the uh, Air Force. And then they, um, apparently they threatened her they made some kind of threat to her interesting and and that's that is very interesting because uh we hear similar stories uh about you know similar stories from high-ranking officials uh throughout you know the military uh in different departments who have witnessed some things that you know like you said earlier may not be very popular uh and sort of reap the consequences of that professionally. Exactly. Let's let's pivot back to talking about your work. Now, how does this knowledge, you know, of of things that may or may not be happening, how does that influence you as an artist and as a musician? I think it kind of goes hand in hand with it. I think I think a lot of artists and musicians um are open-minded and not necessarily afraid of um they're not they're not afraid of accepting new ideas. I mean, I think that's part of what it means to be a creative person is to to be open to new to accepting and learning new things, to be a lifelong learner, to create new ideas and to ex- express, you know, to express yourself and express what people might not be aware of. Um, so, you know, when I was coming up, you know, listening to Bob Marley and a, a whole bunch of other reggae artists um, in particular, you know, they reggae artists have very um, I don't want not counterculture is not the right word, but just a very um, kind of revolutionary idea or just the idea of that what you see is not what you get all the time. Right. And and 
a lot of emphasis on critical thinking, critical not just thinking. taking everything that you consume, you know, through media at face value, but really asking questions and looking for like real answers. Exactly. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So I think that, um, you know, in, in my songwriting, um, you know, I always try to, um, to include some, some sort of message that will get people to think, you know, and whether it's thinking about personal issues or societal issues or political issues or whatever it might be. I mean, I think the idea is to get people to think now, admittedly in recent years, I've been working a lot more on, um, electronic and um, instrumental music. So it doesn't have lyrics per se. So in some in some ways I've sort of separated um, the message from the music, but I think um, it's never really separate because even in the music itself, I'm always trying to push the boundaries of what people expect. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, you may think it's separate, but you know, we, we know that music is a universal language. And even if a song is instrumental, there is something uh, that is being communicated. And that is the, the essence of music that we as human beings, you know, 100%, we can't really put our finger on. Um, because it's something that somehow people understand regardless of the language they speak. It's something that somehow unites us and informs us in a way that we cannot understand. Uh, how is it that I can listen to a song that's not in English in a language that I don't understand and still get a, like a feeling from it, right? Exactly. So there's d definitely something that's being commu communicated, I think. Like this is my personal opinion when an artist kind of puts her or his soul into a, a creation, it somehow gets communicated to the listener. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's basically how um, music and my, my ideas about there's more to things than face value. I and mean, they really do come together um, in that way, you know? Yeah. So tell us about this song, Open Water. How does that fit into that? Or does it fit into what we've been talking about? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it sort of does, it sort of doesn't. I, mean, I think Open Water is really just, um, I was just visualizing an expanse when I came up with the uh, the melody and the, the music for this. It, it's kind of asking people to open their minds in a way, but it sort of had a a liquid feel to it. So I wanted it to uh, to ha to have to open people's minds in that way. So maybe the the next song is "Open Sky." <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or look yeah. up. <laughs> look up. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, no. I, I've been I've been creeping on your uh, Instagram, so you know I know that you take pictures of the sky. Um, you know, there's a lot of clouds there. There you do see some contrails or some chemtrails, depending on who you talk to. And we know that geoengineering has been happening, you know, for a while as well. And there's so many different types of geoengineering. Rhode Island was the first state to uh, come up with a, with a geoengineering regulation act uh, in, in 2017, and that really. Mm -hmm kind of put it on the map, except that, of course, it didn't get a lot of publicity, but uh, it, was, it was a health uh, a health um, act, stating the potential health uh, problems with uh, geoengineering and the things that are put in the sky, aluminum, barium, strontium, other things that s supposedly are just supposed to um, reflect the sun. You know, all this is being done without any kind of regulation and without any kind of really even knowledge of the people you know you know no one asked us if, if it was okay if they sprayed our skies you know and i think it's clear like you said the reason why this is this people still talk about and continue to talk about um 
chemtrails and geoengineering is because all you need to do is look up and know that the skies are not the same they used to, as they used to be, um, say, 20 years ago. Okay, And when you see planes, uh, when you're no, nowhere near an airport and you see a plane going straight up almost at a 90-degree angle, you know, you know the plane's not going to the moon, so where's it going? If there's a long stream of something coming out of the back of the plane, then you can assume that there's uh, a tactical reason that the plane is, is doing what it's doing and releasing what it's releasing. When we talk about your music, right, we're talking about critical thinking. You know, I think people kind of in the background, we kind of accept, oh, yeah, it's in the sky, it's a plane, it's okay, nothing to see here, folks. But, you know, maybe maybe question some of the stuff that you're seeing in the sky and, and don't assume that you understand it 100%. That's what I hope that people do. I mean, because I certainly don't claim to understand it 100%, you know, but I know there's more than meets the eye and more than what you see on the news. I mean, there was one night I went outside and took a picture in, of uh, clouds. They were lined up like a uh, like a ladder. I mean, it was incredible. The perpend- uh, perpendicular uh, parallel lines, just like a ladder going across the sky. And I, I showed my mother, I said, just look at the sky. This is what the sky looks like now. She said, she said, wow, that's going to be on the news. I said, no, it's not going to be on the news. And that's the point. Exactly. <laughs> Our cell phones, you know, we're supposed to be looking down, not up. The, the more uh, fantastic it is and, you know, incredible, like uh, the less likely it's going to be on the news. Like to see here, folks, move along. <laughs> so where would people go uh in order to see some of these photos uh, that we've been talking about on your instagram and where would they go to hear uh your music yep they should go to um instagram.com slash t black a1 that's the letter a and the number one um and that's where all my most of my sky photographs are. I used to have a Flickr uh, gallery, but I think I took that down or Flickr merged with some other company. And they will go to uh, SoundCloud is where you'll hear my music at uh, soundcloud.com slash tblackproductions. Okay, cool. All right, so T Black and Black is B L A C K, T Black mm-hmm. Productions, and T Black A1 on Instagram. Exactly. So. Again, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you so much for talking with us. It thank was a you, pleasure. pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. And thank you, all of you listeners and watchers out there, for listening to another episode of Audio. And we'll see you next time. Ciao. Thanks for listening, folks. Get a full transcript of this episode along with phrases to Google, links, and more at audio.com, O-D-D-D-I-O.com. And while you're there, sign up for our official email list to get first dibs on new stuff. Also, like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on our YouTube channel for the latest videos. Audio is a registered subsidiary of Papa Grace and Oshun 55 LLC, all rights reserved.